Welcome to Mystery House Sires and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama pageant cast. Yes, we are uh, reaching back to more 1950 stuff and stuff that's going on right now. Different, yeah. different effects, different thing. It, it, hey, you know. Beauty stuff. pageants, they're problematic. <laughs> this episode struggles so hard with trying to approach beauty pageants in a nuanced way. It just sort of ends up with me thinking, like, what is happening? Because they both want to do a beauty pageant, but then, and have to have the characters, like, kind of be on board with it, but also have to criticize it. So it just ends up just. I, I don't well, know what's going on. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like, like, what's the point? It's not that fun and wacky. Yeah. And they're not bringing anything new to the conversation. So, like, and, I, and I'm not saying, like, this is fluff TV. It doesn't yeah. have to bring anything new to the conversation. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think they're trying to. Well, yeah, I was going to bring up that, like, we've talked about this before because Riverdale loves to do social commentary on things. Um you when you bring something up you don't always have to bring up like you don't always have to come down firmly on one side i think it's perfectly fine for a media property to just bring up hey this is complex isn't it but i also don't think it even brings up like I, like what's the point like what actually did this episode say is bad about beauty pageants other than old guys looking at teenage girls butts yeah a a thing that even when they were doing teen things a lot of people agreed with yeah like that's why when you look at like the history of beauty pageants the like swimsuit and bikini thing was throughout history has been controversial like if you look at the the when they used to do them they're like oh they're in oh they're out oh uh they only do sing singlets oh it's out again oh Oh, no it's back in now this time it's about fitness it's about like physique (laughs) yeah now it's back in now it's out again like (laughs) it's never been a consistent thing but but it, it is fluff TV, and they just wanted to do something. It, Honest, honestly, Riverdale, you put your show in the 1950s, just let them do it. Make it like hairspray. Make it dumb, fluff, and fun. I mean, I was going to say that this show is a, this show is is about adults who have been time-shifted into teenagers in the 1950s. And... I don't feel like that matters. Like no. Like the show last season, they were battling an evil wizard who summoned a <laughs> meteor or an, an asteroid <laughs> upon. Yeah, to, that's what you said. Um, <laughs> to crash upon their town and cause a worldwide apocalypse. And this season is just a teen drama. I know. You know what's frustrating? They spent all of that time in the first episode making Jughead have his memories. Yeah. And telling him the point of this season is to bend towards justice. Which, like... Where are they doing that? Well, I mean, you can argue that they're doing it in this one by having them just be people from the future who are aware of problematic <laughs> situations. But it doesn't feel right because they're not doing it because of this angelic prophecy to, like do good things they're just kind of stumbling on it because that's who they are as like nat like they don't have a goal to do that no. they just are doing it it's just who they are as people and i get it they have 2027 morals like, in these teenage 1950s bodies without the memories yeah. of 20 20- anyway it just this this episode is so much a 
an OC. Like, this is so much as a teen drama. Oh, yeah. Which is fun. Like, we criticize this show so much for when they decided to suddenly be magical. Like, th- like that is suddenly what it, like, they're, they're yeah. they suddenly decided to be magical. We criticize them so much. And I think rightfully so. Because they but, had fake magic so much before. And, and I'm going to stand by that. We criticize you appropriately. But here's the thing. You can't go back. It was insane to start doing it. It was more <laughs> insane to stop doing it. You you can't just be like, oh, yeah, also now don't worry about magic. It's we, not. We only had magic for one season plus an episode. Yeah. But we but you have to be aware consciously that these are people who have been time shifted by the guardian angel to either the 1950s or an alternate dimension 1950s. And when things don't make sense, I don't know if you want us to do this, but we hand wave it by saying, Tabitha didn't really remember that correctly. Oh, I mean, this is wrong, but that's okay. That's because this is not actually the 1950s. But they also do want to address things in the 1950s. Oh, my God. There There are so many ways I had so much hope that this season could... (laughs) Yeah. And some episodes are really fun if you take them in a vacuum. <laughs> like, if this was... Man, I would love to have someone just watch this season, but skip over episode one. And, and just, just tell just, us your thoughts. Because you would have no, no impression that these are adults time-shifted into uh, teenagers' bodies. You'd just be like, like, teenagers. And you'd be like, those actors are really old. <laughs> uh, but it's like a 90210 thing. I mean, that's – so I we do have to get into it. We do want to point this one yeah. thing out. The one thing that's sort of very much about Riverdale, which makes it sort of a modern show, is that it had seasonal arcs. The arc of the first season was Jason was dead. Then yep. there was a serial killer. Like, they had arcs. This is so much more like the OC. The OC didn't really yeah. have season they, arcs. They had ongoing plot. Yes. But, like, you wouldn't say, And like, there were character arcs. Like, characters had arcs yeah. over seasons. Like, you could argue the first season was about Ryan, Ryan home. becoming comfortable. But it's not as strong as when you're, like, even in, like, Superna- Supernatural, which I know it's not a teen drama, yeah. but I'm just pointing out shows that have arcs. Yeah. That has season-long okay. arcs. Well, if we want a teen drama that has season-long arcs, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, once again into Season the- one about the master. Season two about Spike and Drusilla yeah. and... Buffy losing her virginity to Angel. Yeah, but things about um, uh, like the o- like the OC and One Tree Hill to an extent. I'm not going to say they don't have season long arcs. Obviously, they do have things that run throughout the season, mm-hmm. but they aren't usually as strong as this is the core of that season. They're kind of waving it out of them. Yeah. This one, this season, doesn't have a season long arc, really. Like the, the arc is 1950s. The arc is 1950s. <laughs> so maybe that's why it feels so weird. Uh, well, it's time to feel weird altogether because this is Riverdale, season seven, episode fifteen, Miss Teen Riverdale. Miss Teen Riverdale. So this episode starts with all of the teenagers of Riverdale writing to Girl Next Door, a.k.a. Betty, her, her, their thoughts about teenagehood. Yeah, so her paper is very confusing. Um, I thought it was a newspaper where she just print these thoughts out. Evelyn also writes to her to criticize her and seems to imply that she's, she's running like a... 
one of those dear like an advice Abby column, yeah. Call, which I did think she, what she's doing. But in the end, she writes letters back to those people. So is she actually, is she even doing a actual newspaper or does she put out one article saying, write me your letters, I'll write you back well, so, <laughs> advice? I mean, I will say, th- <laughs> this is not a spoiler. I think the letter she writes at the end is like a public reply to all of them. So she is doing like a dear, a dear Abby yeah. advice column. Um, because Veronica <laughs> writes to her to complain about not being taken seriously as a businesswoman. And she makes a great argument because women in the 1950s were not allowed checking accounts. Yeah. Women were not alone allowed their own credit cards in the U.S. until like 1974. Yeah. Great argument. Terrible argument when you're 16. Also, 16-year-olds also- can't own businesses, Veronica. <laughs> yeah, she does own a business. Like, and it doesn't seem like she owns it and that other guy is actually, like, the thing. Like, I, I I, did try to be like, oh, yeah, we didn't even think about the fact that, like, because obviously women could own, because women, there was women run business yeah. all throughout there. Um, and I have not done research into, like, trying to figure out, like. How what, that works. Was it a weird thing where they. Okay, but Molly Ringwald Andrews, will find out, also apparently owns her business. Yeah. So you're doing a. Uh, like she, what she's saying is true, but it but it goes back into you're telling and not showing. From what we've seen, Veronica is perfectly independent, and like and the only time she wasn't successful at running her business was when her parents got really involved. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 did, I did some research into that. The so the interesting thing, something that I found. So you know how. If you look up articles, they all say the same thing. Around the 1960s, women could finally get get checking accounts. Yeah. There's actually no evidence to what laws changed to make that happen. What it was is before that women could have checking accounts. It's just the bank was in charge of deciding if they could. So, yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Because you, um, you'd find... Uh, Cool th- things when like 1909 there were there was like a there's like businesses in like Chicago or Boston that were specifically trying like ha- like trying to target for, women yeah women to be yeah. like hey you can uh you know you can put money in with uh with us so it's but yeah, yeah. 75 was when the equal the Equality Credit Act in America yeah, was um, put in and women could then have credit so. Some women could open accounts if a bank let them. Or if Jesus. they had, like, a business behind yeah. them. Yeah, that's probably what it was with, like, Veronica. But they couldn't have credit, and someone was just like, that's probably fine that they can't have credit. Notably, we should mention, a lot of the stuff that I'm saying where it's like, oh, they could open checking accounts, really did, was mostly rich white women could have checking accounts. But, I mean, but. the other thing to keep in mind is bank- banking as a business was, like, really complicated and weird in the early parts of the 20th century. And it was mostly a bunch of, like, bankers just telling people, no, 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 it's complex and weird. Don't worry about it. Like a lot Women of- cannot handle it. A lot of people didn't have banking accounts like our grandpa I don't I, I mean, don't know that our grandpa ever had a job in the way that we understand jobs today yes you know what I mean when I was thinking about Veronica I'm like I guess there's a chance that she does like she just has all the money for the business in a safe in the uh Babylonian. the Babylonium like that is because Which, keep in mind there's not like debit cards and there's not yeah, like credit like, cards it is in the cash money. yeah so but Which, anyway to be fair Kevin when she ran the Babylonian, the casino, she probably also, also just had all the money in a safe. Yeah. Um, Tony's thing is, um, okay, I, I wanna, I'm going to precursor by saying this. 
She writes about how hard it is to be a black woman in the night, a gay black woman in the 1950s. But she frames <laughs> it as. It is, I am so cool and no one understands how cool I am. And that's the most teenage thing that has ever happened. And I was obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a way to frame her problems. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like no, you like you, like, you, you, are you are right. You, you, you are. You're in a very oppressive time for people specifically like you. But the framing it of I am so cool and no one, no, no one will recognize how cool I am was very funny. Um, Cheryl is also upset that she has to hide she's gay. Which remember last episode where her and Tony were, we're very like, upset. You have to come out. That he would not let them come Look, out. I almost thought last episode was an entire dream sequence until Clay referenced Clay. it way later in this episode. Yeah. Because Betty's hair is short again this episode. <laughs> yep. Um, and she, apparently she is pretending to be with, uh, they are doing the thing where they're yeah, like pretending the fake dating thing. Yeah. Midge has a legitimate complaint. Oh yeah. Midge. She's upset that she's pregnant. Oh yeah, yeah, she's pregnant. Oh, I'll also say, Tony does have a legitimate complaint. <laughs> as, like, as just Cheryl. not the way she phrased it. <laughs> um, but Midge's thing is that she's like, oh well, I'm pregnant and if anyone finds out i will be ostracized because people are friendly friendly to i mean even today now people are friendly to like teen pregnancy um Uh, evelyn is upset that betty or that girl next door exists oh yeah she's the one who's like what makes you think you have all the uh answers i'm like i don't think she's in a vice column but i guess maybe (laughs) because no one asks a question in this no they just complain they just say things which is fine having i thought that's what it was is a place for people to read and be like oh here are the secret complaints of teens in our community i identify with these people i also have these complaints because ethel God bless her soul. Oh, oh my God, Ethel. Okay, so Ethel has the most, like, Ethel is all of us when we're 16. But, but like, I want to point out, she's writing this with the understanding that nobody knows it's her, despite mm-hmm. the fact that her pseudonym she gets to the end is probably the worst. Um, no one knows it's her. She still begins this thing, this, like, letter about being, like, essentially, like, she has low self-esteem. She doesn't believe she fits yeah. in in this, like, the way that the world should it's see It's hard women. when everyone's so beautiful She begins by saying, I know I should be so grateful for what I have. And I'm like, you, what you have, you mean, like, dead parents, religious abuse, murdering someone, a foster mom trying to mentally tort- use you to mentally torture her daughter, and McCarthyism. What Ethel, are you grateful for, Ethel? I'm like, don't get me wrong. Good. Good that you're having a positive thing. But, like, the fact that this... She's like, I know I should be grateful. I'm like... God, sweet Ethel. <laughs> Ethel, I, you got you got a rough deal. Look, this entire season does Ethel dirty. This episode does her dirty. Like, like she has... so, And they will mention it. They'll be like, oh, or, like, oh, orphan. And then like, the sisters will come up. And, like, all these things are there. But, but, like, they'll focus on her being like, but why... Why aren't I pretty like everyone else is? Or everyone believes people should be. Yeah. Like, I know, it's... Well, oh, the biggest thing I want to show off about this show specifically that I think people, uh, women maybe, I'll talk to women. <laughs> I meant to say teenagers, but then I said women. Um, teenagers in the audience should uh, should see. So TV shows have a bad habit of doing what's called Hollywood ugly. Well, they'll be like, oh man, look at Kate Winslet. Isn't she so homely? Uh, but they, they do Shannon Purser who plays Ethel. Yeah, I want to point out, like Shannon Purser is dressed 
frumpily. She's yeah. made to look unattractive. She does. She gets to actually dress nicely in this episode. So you see how the, beautiful the she changes is. Changes that makes in a person. Like I think another good example is um, if you ever watched Superstore, the uh, Dan Dana. Oh. Yeah, they all... Uh, um, America Ferreira. No, 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 no. no. I mean, she also is a great yes. example, funny enough. No, the one oh, who plays... Dina. Like the, Dina. Um, oh, God, what is her name? She plays... She's in um, another she's a, period as she's well. She's also in a band. Yeah. Um, but she's a good example of someone who they specifically dress to look, like, kind of unattractive. Like, frumpy. But she is amazingly beautiful. Like, th- this is just good for people to realize mm-hmm. that sometimes just the way you present yourself can change well, and the worst thing they do is even when they dress Shannon and purse her up yeah. obviously when you put makeup on her you cannot hide how beautiful her face is and yeah. when they do her hair yeah they still put her in dresses that are unflattering for her frame i i i mean i don't know how or not, not was, unflattering but like they don't do her as well as I, the other girls i was gonna say that I really liked her i i said that she has she has the bell dress she does have a she bell does dress. have a bell dress she has like numerous yeah, bell dresses she looks very nice it's, she looks so good um anyway She's so, so beautiful. the reason we're talking about the appearance of these teenage adults um, is because (laughs) they're competing in a beauty pageant. Yes, Miss Riverdale Teen Queen or something like that. Um, It is, it's Miss, it's Miss, it's Miss America, Miss, yeah. Yeah. Um, This one is specifically for teens, uh, which funny enough is not actually, was not actually that common at the time. Um, But it's a very big deal because they're doing it on TV for the first time. Because Alice and Hal have been hustling. Yeah. They're out there. They're getting attention to Riverdale. You know, I hate Alice. I don't know how I feel about Hal. But, like, <laughs> they, they I got to give them credit. On the national stage, they are doing a lot with this TV station. It helps that it's funded by the Blossoms. The Blossoms. So, like, they have a lot of money behind them. Uh, um, so Alice essentially taunts Betty about how Betty couldn't possibly want to be a part of this po- pageant. But look, Ethel is Alice's assistant because Ethel is her new daughter, even though Molly Ringwald super yelled at her. <laughs> yeah, she did not get yelled at as good as um, uh, Hermione did. Uh, but she does try to be like, well, aren't you sure you don't want to be in it, uh, Betty? Because there's prizes like cars and a Hollywood screen test. By the way, when I say prizes, it's one person gets all these things. Yeah. It's car, Hollywood screen test, and a scholarship, which I should point out is true absolutely for yeah. the, the Beauty num- pageants have always been scholarship the, pageants. The number one disputer, distributor of scholarships for women in America is the Miss America pageant. And you know what? Riverdale, who wants to discuss, like, the difficulties of pageants maybe it's worth mentioning that for a long time the only way to get money for schooling which you have also said is very important for people to get you got to go to college Mm -hmm. is to be conventionally attractive especially if you are a young (laughs) poor woman like like that is why pageants pulled that group or used to that is something worth addressing but they don't really address that instead we get the next scene so uh, Betty is shocked to discover that Edith Head is designing a pageant dress or a pageant <laughs> swimsuit. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Swimsuit. Oh, that's why I think it's funny that later Veronica will specifically tell Hal to put the swimsuit out when she seemed very excited that her swimsuit was going to be made by Edith Head. I bet it's not actually. Oh, no. Everything she says is a lie. And I don't care when they actually have Cole Porter write her a song. He didn't, though. We heard that song. Yeah, no. It's it's a lie. Everything she says is a lie. And 
And I just have to believe that because <laughs> if she has this many close contacts as like Edith Head, which why case, is she in, still in Riverdale? Yeah, in case y'all don't know, Edith Head is like was like like a, a incredibly popular and famous like costume designer for Hollywood. If you've seen The Incredibles, that is who that tiny lady is based on. And here's the thing: if Veronica actually had all of these contacts, she wouldn't be. She wouldn't, she be, wouldn't Riverdale. be in Riverdale. She would just cash in the money from the Babylonian, take the bus or the train or whatever yeah. back to Riverdale, and let or not Riverdale. Oh my God, Hollywood, and stay with one of her I, friends. Yeah, I just don't think her parents have them enough control to be to actually like lock her away in this town if she has all the contacts. She says these are her parents' friends who she thinks are her friends, and I bet 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 even if this is true, and she did meet Edith Head, I'm sure this is a nice thing she said. And Veronica's like, oh, she's been obsessed with trying to make me a. <laughs> and she's a teenager. It's just a better way to think about her. Um, but so, they talk about beauty and pageants. Yeah, and how something. it's objectifying. But Veronica thinks it's fine. You can turn pageants around to view. Veronica doesn't explain this well. Veronica says, pageants are fine if you view them through a different lens. I know I'm beautiful, so I don't need the pageant to tell me I'm beautiful. But I should do the pageant so that I... Well, so people will rate me on my beauty, but I don't need them to rate me on my beauty. And also, it, you guys are all beautiful, too. We're all beautiful, but also who, we should do the pageant. Yeah, whoever wins, we all win. And I'm like, that's literally not how competitions work. Like, I understand the idea of friendly competition, like, mm-hmm. you know, Olympics in the spirit of competition. But nothing Veronica says addresses Betty's concerns. And it would maybe work if they were, like, the scrappy underdogs yeah. and they were competing against, like, the kids from uh, Stonewall Prep. But no, they're the only ones in it. There are yeah. six kids in this. <laughs> this the thing. only one they don't want to win is Evelyn because Evelyn sucks. Yeah, and she, but there's no chance. Like, there, at no point is she a threat in this. No. She even enters the stage with someone else at the end. Like, everyone else gets a solo and then her and Ethel will enter. Ooh, spoiler alert. Ethel's going to be in the, yeah, um, the pageant. <laughs> I know. Doesn't it suck that they have to enter together? How's that? Alice and Hell are telegraphing something there. Um, but they and they almost get close to what Betty because Betty says like Betty's like this, it's you know it's objectifying as these things. Cheryl's there will like well didn't you like undress in front of Archie and I want I want to be like yeah that was a private thing between the two of us and then Cheryl's like and didn't you flash your underwear on TV and she's like, yes because I decided I wanted to do that I was making so, a statement so like yeah and they almost address that which is true what Veronica's essentially saying is I want to do this just like you choosing your like you chose to do that yeah. I am choosing to do this but Veronica won't say that Veronica will be like no me doing it is like no a yeah. feminist ideal yeah and like I, I think that inherently there is nothing wrong about Beauty pageants, bodybuilding contests, yeah. all those things where it's like, hey, here's based on a very specific um, like thing that like a thing that people are doing. I actually am more on the side of bodybuilding. Well, like our brother does bodybuilding and but, he does it to prove I can do a thing. Well, I was going to say there's a whole bunch of different versions of that. Yeah, like, like there's the natural one and there's one of those that that people can kind of build towards when a whole lot of beauty pageants. And don't get me wrong. Also, exercise has a lot to do with genetics as well. Mm-hmm. But so much of your pageant is like, oh, you got good bone structure in your face. You can't change that no. realistically. And when you try to change it with plastic surgery, things the, they do yeah. happen. And does that count? Like, I, I think there's inherently nothing wrong with that. The problem is usually that, yeah, it's a bunch of weird old dudes judging young, young women yeah. on 
which one of these people am probably most sexually arousing to me. And, you know, it is very fun to get done up yeah. and have amazing dresses and wear fun makeup that makes you feel like the best version. Like, that's, and that's fun. That's almost what Veronica says is like, yeah, I I like being I like dress. She says I like being beautiful, which essentially is a shorthand for being like I like dressing well. I like dressing up. I like being I like doing the things that make myself look good for me. For me, I want to feel but, like I look good. But then to come down at the end and be like, which means we have to enter this competition where someone else will judge us and someone will win. But obviously, we'll all win. But I have to imagine in her mind, she's like, but I mean, I'll win. So I hate tony this season yeah tony makes we an agree. amazing point tony's yeah. like you know what this is the first year the pageant's been integrated yeah tony uh, a black contestant has to compete yeah and if i win i'm gonna call out miss america no yeah i think i think i think tony has one of the more legitimate reasons i think ethel does as well with the idea of being like she enters as someone who does not fit the ideal yeah but like that's what she's and she wants to as, share which her story it's actually very close to what tony's doing as well um sh- they, they they have to give them all reasons to enter that are like profound cheryl's entering because she won last year but this year she'll make sure that she'll you okay i she's gonna <laughs> use her powers for good this this feels like the people who are like when I become student body president, I'll put vending machines on every corner. It's like, you don't have that power. power. You're not actually like the queen of Riverdale. You, you, you don't get. And she especially doesn't get extra power that she doesn't already have from being a blossom. Yeah. Like she could do that now. Yeah. So Midge uh, does not share to the group why she's joining. And she, honestly, the scene between Midge and Fangs is really cute. Oh, yeah. I would say Midge also has a decent personal reason for getting in, which is she's like, this is potentially the last time I will ever be able to do this. This is the last time I can ever do anything young and fun <laughs> and feel cute and walk around in high heels. And be a 16-year-old. It's Oh, God, it's so sweet. Yeah. So, like, hers is, hers is, hers so, is great. Fangs is like, oh, I don't know if you should do it. And she tells him that. And he's like, oh, yeah. F yeah, baby. You go in there and you win. Fangs is going to be the best wife husband. Um, it truly is. Uh, wife, uh, yeah. Uh, Veronica will try to convince Betty to enter. It's worth noting. Hey, remember how Veronica and Betty Are were dating? kind of dating? Not this episode. No, not even potentially hinted to this episode they are barely friends this episode which like further makes me wonder if originally this wasn't the order they were going to go in Mm -hmm. because like clay will mention he'll mention but if you notice the men are in no scenes with the women which makes me think certain episodes were shot at different times yeah and they just swap when these episodes happen because that line, they easily could have, like, added put it, it in afterwards. Yeah, added it in where, like, oh, well, we're finishing up the shots. We've switched when these are. Hey, Clay, say this. Yeah, because, yeah, they aren't acting like two people who are. There is no sexual chemistry yeah. this episode at all. Um, they decide, once again, not to address the fact that they're tying education to physical beauty. Because Veronica's entire thing is going to be like, hey, um, <laughs> you should do this because you'll get a. Uh, a scholarship, which means you don't have to like worry about like your, your parents. Like, you could go to any school you want to, which is you know good because, point. Because when uh, Betty goes to talk to Alice, Alice is impossible to get a read on. <laughs> it's true. Like so, Alice spends a sentence explaining her reasoning. Well, Betty, I mean, even even if you were going to go to college, remember when she was trying to convince Betty to enter by telling her all the prizes? In- anyway, and she used college as like yeah. the. Even, the hook? even if you were going to go to college, 
Um, I think you should go to a finishing school instead. But so you're a, a genius, so you'll get a scholarship anywhere you want to go. Yeah, but it should be to a finishing school. So I actually don't think you're entering this for a scholar. Like, her, she she spends a sentence explaining her own reasoning. Like, cause, yeah. Because she, okay, she so doesn't... Go ahead. Alice confronts Betty about signing up for the pageant because Veronica talks Betty into it. Yeah. Betty's like, I just want the scholarship. And Alice is like, hmm, no. You have Despite the fact that I used the scholarship to try to get you to join, I don't think you're doing it because you could get a scholarship anywhere. I think you should join the pageant because you want to feel the joy of being Miss Teen Riverdale like I did when I was Miss Teen Riverdale. And I don't think you're doing that. I think you have another plan. And Betty's just like, like what? oh my God, mom. <laughs> like, she... she she explains this is this is how wild of a human being Alice Cooper is. <laughs> she in, in you can see in her sentence because Betty's like, "No, I want to join so I can get a scholarship." Betty our, Alice begins explaining why she doesn't think that Betty needs a scholarship and then midway through her sentence decides that Betty also doesn't believe that she needs a scholarship. So clearly it must be a trick. Like <laughs> she literally it's convinces herself of her own conspiracy theory in the middle wild. of her conspiracy theory. Um, so Alice explains to Betty that she was once Miss Teen Riverdale and it changed her life and made her feel like she had value. She thought that she could one day be a stewardess. And that statement broke my brain. Yeah, they're really hey, we're they're they're back into the thing where they're really going to try to make Alice into a good person again. Like, oh no, secretly she's just a product of her, of her, which everyone's a product of the place they live in, obviously, except for these uh, teenagers who have the brains of adults. Well, and I will say what happened in my brain yeah. is I was like, okay, wait, but you're her mom, yeah. So you are at youngest twenty years older than her, yeah. We'll forget about the fact that we know that you guys were all 50. They've been time shifted to the past. So they We made, know Evelyn is a different age. Yeah, so. so they could have had their kids earlier. Yeah. But the youngest I think she could be yeah. is 20 years older than Betty. Yes. So that means she's like 36, 37. Yeah. Because Polly's um, 18. Yes. So if we go back 20 years, it's 1955. We go to 1935. Yeah. During uh, the Great Depression, I don't think there were stewardesses then. Yeah, I don't think plane... I don't think there were transatlantic <laughs> flights. I don't think pl- like I don't think plane like commercial flight planes were as popular as they became in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Yeah, I don't think that was a dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, but this is just to like for uh, Bay to be like, oh, you had dreams and i'm like that's her alice's problem is not that she did not have dreams the problem is that she is a sociopath she truly is she She could have been a stewardess who was a sociopath like alice cannot (laughs) comprehend that other people are people who have their own thoughts and hopes and dreams yeah yeah. alice is like the definition of a sociopath it's a weird very shallow way of addressing a villain where it's like hey you thought this person was bad but did you know they used to hope things and i'm like (laughs) yeah but i i mean the the only way this works is if their outcome is truly that she was corrupted by I guess marrying Hal, but it's worth mentioning that does not seem to be the outcome here. Hal in this episode appears is put, to be a- is, is put upon husband. Yeah, like he's not evil master, mastermind well, controlling Alice as he was in an earlier episode. This one he's 
weird put upon husband. Well, there, there is one thing that comes up. Oh, there's a secret going on. Somewhere. There is a secret. Yeah, which I'm curious about. But uh, anyway, um, Alice then is like, "Fine, whatever. You signed up, but you have to come to practice." And Betty was surprised for practice, but I'm like, "Yeah, you were doing a like a live televised show. You have to do rehearsal. You have to like yeah. know where the cameras are. You have to know, know where your order. marks are." No, 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 no. They literally mean that that what Alice is going to do is literally do a finishing stool school style. Yeah, thing she for takes them to the high school and makes them walk around in circles with books on which their heads. Maybe for teens, that's a th- maybe specifically because they're doing it for TV. She's like, oh no, they have to be the best. Maybe in the past they're like, no, no, this is for you to find your own coach. Yeah, but in this one, she's like, nope, TV. We got to make sure these six girls. <laughs> There's not enough contestants. <laughs> there are not enough contestants. When Betty signs up and I see that there's just the five other characters we met on top. <laughs> so, yeah, they're walking. And I cannot ex- stress enough in the scene how much those books are just like headbands they're wearing. Oh, yeah. Because, boy, do they move their heads far too much. And look. Betty will turn around, look at someone, and tilt her head in confusion. And I'm like, no. Nope. Look, I hang out with a toddler all the time. <laughs> Riley is forever putting things on my head. I know how hard it is to hold things on your head. No, I mean, the entire point of that is that is incredible, like, being able to walk that. I thought for a second they were also on a treadmill that was pulling them because they do seem oddly steady from walking. Uh, however, not when they turn. And I... I if this was a comedy, they should have been much more obvious being like, what? Just like whipping their heads around <laughs> with the book staying on. Anyway, while this is going on, Alice blathers on about all of the stereotypical pageant things. Like, yes. if you've seen Miss Congeniality, you know what she's saying. Yeah, they're doing evening gown and they're doing swimsuit and they're doing the ever-important no. talent. They say Swimsuit is called Vim and Vigor, no, they which have... is a hilarious name. No, no, Vim and Vigor thing. is different. Is it? They have... They have Evening gown, Vim and Vigor, I think something else, swimsuit, and they say swimsuit. Oh, my God. Um, and then uh, uh, talent, talent. Um, which, you know, despite, despite it being and the ever-important ever talent, we will see one talent, which mm-hmm. I guess is fine. You can't do the entire We see thing. one and a half. <laughs> right. We do see the end of another one. <laughs> um, but during this scene, we will uh, stop over at Ethel, who's like, you know, assisting as much as yeah. she can. And dreams of herself winning. And at least in her dreams, she has big dreams. In her dreams, she wants to win the pageant. She wants her parents to not just be alive, but also proud of her. Yep. She's going to have her uh, self-portrait in the Guggenheim. And she also wants Jughead Jones to be her boyfriend. Yep. (laughs) She can have any boyfriend she wants. She wants Jughead Jones because she's a teenager and that's what you think of. You think of specifically the person next to you. Um, Her... (laughs) This is a funny thing in this episode to criticize because there's so much in this episode to do. It is funny that she wants her self-portrait in the Guggenheim, but I'm like, aren't you a cartoonist? Well, she says she wants it. She says, I'm not just a comic artist. Okay, I'm so she does also say that. a right. Re- or I think she says, I'm not just a cartoonist. I'm a regular artist. Yeah, I do think she says, <laughs> regular artist. <laughs> I don't um, think that's what she says. But yeah. look, I was in a car. I don't know. That's perfectly fine. Uh, this leads directly to them dress shopping at uh, our old friend Molly Ringwald Andrews dress shop. Yeah, so it is specifically referred to as her dress shop, not yes. a store she works in part time. No. Riverdale, are you listening to our podcast when I <laughs> criticized you? <laughs> she owns the store now. She does, yeah, she does. Uh, she does own the store. Um, and we, 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 
we have an incredibly stilted conversation <laughs> where really these is. teenagers are like, can you imagine the future? Yeah. Do you think maybe there'll be a woman president or maybe a black president, male or female? Wow. Maybe it will it'll probably happen in our <laughs> lifetime. And I'm like, what is going on? Uh, but Mary also, is on the kid side. This is where you have to add in, once again, because they don't know actually honestly what to do about this pageant thing. They just put in people being like, I was in the pageant. Well, you know, pageants are actually, they can actually be bad. There are bad things about pageants. Anyway, continuing on, like Tony and when they're doing the walk around will also put some snark out for the for pageants being bad. But like, it doesn't do anything. Well, he, like, they basically just ignore it. Yeah, they're like, hmm, th- thank you for saying that. So the audience is aware that we are t- t- doing this. Thank you, Tony, for making the point that it is creepy when middle-aged men look at teenage girls' bottoms in yeah. bathing suits. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, like, we, we knew that. Uh, however, Ethel begins crying while hemming Betty's dress. Ed, Ed, Ethel's had a, a long day. And Betty's uh, like, why are you upset? And Ethel's like, I'm not. And then I guess continuing on the theme that... The, 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 this is twice now they've done the implication that mothers are just psychic. Okay, so Molly Ringwald says to Midge, oh, we have to let your dress out a little. Yeah. Which makes no, no sense. She's wearing it currently. And she also signed up for the pageant like three days ago. Yeah. And that's not how pregnancy works, especially not when you are two, two months. months along. Two months along. Um, but her, but just her saying this immediately, there's like a like a stinger and a cue in on Alice, and Alice like so apparently she realizes it. I, maybe maybe we're doing the thing where Alice was pregnant in in like I thought that's what it was going to go to. Like I Alice didn't go there too. Alice was pregnant in high school. That's why like she cued on this so much because a similar thing happened to her, and she faked it through her pageant. This will not come up. No, it will not come up. Um, we do get a quick uh, scene with Betty and Ethel, and essentially, uh, uh, what we know about Ethel is going through, she now explains it to Betty. Yeah. Ethel's counterculture, effectively. And, and she doesn't want, yeah. she's not the ideal, and Betty's like, but you, you're wonderful and beautiful and inspiring, and people need to see that. And Ethel's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um then we have a very quick scene before, I guess, a commercial break where it's just like, yeah, Alice has psychically detected that Midge is pregnant. And the next day at she'll, school. She'll be things about, about like, I saw your your glow. I want to point out to everyone. I think we said this before. Our sister-in-law was pregnant for five months. And no one knew. No human being knew. Including her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's cute. But Midge is not even, Midge is two months along. And again, with our sister-in-law, who is now pregnant with her second. And you could tell at five months. Yeah. With her, you couldn't tell at two months. Like, you cannot tell. But so, so... Well, I mean, sometimes you can't tell. I don't know. Every pregnant lady is different. I don't know. I just feel like Alice, like, Alice just did the Sherlock Holmes... I'm going to say this. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But she just decided to psychic, like, be like... Eh, Midge, you're pregnant. And Midge just didn't deny it, I guess. Because she's 16. Yeah. And so uh, Alice reveals the next day at school that she got Midge sent to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She got her kicked out of the pageant. She got her kicked out of the school. And she got her kids sent to the Quiet Sisters of Religious Abuse for and, six or seven months. And everyone 
latches on to that immediately. <laughs> Except for poor sweet Betty, even though she read that book, it takes Betty too long to figure out the midge is pregnant. Well, I think Betty is under the... <laughs> Man, this is a weird scene. Seeing weird scenes, the other one that follows up is also a weird scene. Evelyn implies that everyone knows, which, you know what? I actually believe that Evelyn suspected it, just no one believed her because it was Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn <laughs> does know everything. And no one cares. <laughs> but Betty... Betty is obsessed in this in this moment. She's like, wait, so that means Midge and Fang. I'm like, oh, we're seeing horny Betty come out because she wants to know how many times Midge how, and Fang's had sex. How many times can you have sex before you get pregnant is what she wonders. Well, and then she, then like they're talking about it. And then in this very weird way, suddenly Betty will be like, but wait, when you're but didn't, weren't they? And I'm like, I think you can assume that something happened. Like, I don't know why she's like, but didn't they use a condom? And then... Then, then Tony and Cheryl to know too much. They're like, oh, apparently it didn't slip, didn't work, broke. It slipped. Like, no, they say it slipped once. It slipped once. Um, I, I just... But, but the, okay, the reason this conversation is happening is so once again, someone can talk about the future which is Veronica this time, who, based off of a conversation that didn't have to start, suddenly says, wouldn't it be great if there was a some, some like, pill someone could take to control a birth? Wouldn't that be something? No, Veronica does not say someone. Yes. Veronica says the woman. And this is the most infuriating, reductive conversation I have ever heard. And I get that they're couching it in the 1950s. Veronica says the woman should take the pill because it's her life that will be changed forever and the guy can just leave. And that is so radically unfair. This is why we can't get support for male birth control because men can't deal with side effects because yeah. it's a woman's problem. Yeah, okay. I Yeah, I wanted to bring this up as well and I didn't know if it actually would actually would come up. Something, so <gasps> obviously like, 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 like uh, access to birth control and all that stuff has been a very big thing in the, uh, you know, out of the world right now. And it's always been couched in this, in the, uh, the saying that's like, oh, well, it's because it's, it's women, it's a woman's situation. Women have to do, women have to deal with it. Women have to do, and which is true. Women yeah, have to I do with, have to carry the baby with, with for the nine fi- months. But I, I don't know what it, what it was in my growing up or like at some point, but I was always like, no, 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 no. The man is like when if 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 a woman gets pregnant, that's also the man's problem. Yes, like, and like, the, like like and this and it's so weird that whenever you're talking about about this issue, it always gets couched in this idea of oh, it is solely a woman's problem. Like it that is it, that's the only, it's a woman's problem. It's a woman's problem to deal with. I'm like, why does that make it better? Well, and here's the <laughs> that thing that just makes it more reasonable for men to be like. Also, oh, I don't have to be involved in this. Right? And, like, I have always, when I have had such circumstances, been on the pill or had an IED. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I want to know that I'm being as safe, as safe as I can. Yeah. But it's not just my problem. Nothing is 100%. Yeah. Like, if something goes wrong, it is also his problem. So why can't we both do things? Yeah. 
And even even when you look at like a societal, like people are like, oh, but societally is the woman's problem. It's like, well, no, no, because even legally, that's the man's child. That's why you have things like child support and like that's we, why we have paternity <laughs> tests. Like it is like, his child. And and I don't think it is like feminist and progressive to be like. That's specific. They wrote this from coming from Veronica because they thought that that would come out as like, oh, isn't she so progressive? She, this- she's she's saying that like, yeah, because it's 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 a it's all about the a woman's that woman has to be this. I'm like, no, no, no. Everyone's responsible. That's why that's why you, you wear a condom. And even so, even in this like weird future sense they have, Veronica could not imagine a pill. That men would take. Yeah, why can't the men <laughs> take the pill, Veronica? You're, you're having a character explain a future that she's a ma- she is not a person from the future. Like, there they talk about the future so much in this episode. I thought for sure it was going to end with like, boom! Now yeah. everything has been revealed, and that's why everyone's talking this way. No, they just had her say this fun like. Well, wouldn't it be great in the future? But she couldn't even imagine beyond the current future we have. Why can't we all take a pill? And then when a couple wants to have a baby, they decide together not to take the pill. Why couldn't Veronica say that wouldn't it be great if there was a pill that anyone could take? That is something that's much more likely that a human being would say. That's like, oh, man, wouldn't it be crazy if there was like a pill you could take? And when you take that pill, you just like you can't get someone pregnant and you can't be come pregnant like why could it she couldn't even come then with that with her imagination and also like yeah it's the 1950s oh my god and no but they aren't talking like they're from the 1950s exactly that is the problem yes they're talking like they are screenwriters from 2023 (laughs) the 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 crux of this whole conversation which takes way too long is but he's like it's amazing how one night can change things like sex then looks at ethel which to me adds an, an additional brain sentence which is <laughs> or your parents getting murdered by a milkman i'm like what kind of that i have we have on this episode seen some or not episode this show seen some bad segues that's a terrible segue really bad segue <laughs> but uh betty has to said like hey hey ethel you should take midge's spot because apparently this passion can only run if there's six people. Six people maybe <laughs> maybe the minimum was six, and it's really good that Betty signed up. So uh, I guess immediately they get a dress from Molly Ringwald for Ethel, and she gets she gets a bell dress. She looks like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She does. Yeah. And Alice is furious oh. because who will be her assistant? Well, Dilton. That Dilton. Bo- that boy with the big dick. <laughs> He's very good at assisting. He wants to bring her the perfect Java. Dilton has the weirdest. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say for Dilton, and specifically the actor playing him. Good job, dude. Good job. Yeah. You're. Yeah. You're. This is. You're really. You're really steady. You're just the weirdest secondary character here because you'll just appear random times, get shots out of nowhere. It's. It, it. It's great. He's exactly what Dilton was in the comics. So um, this happens, and then Alice pulls Betty out to the hallway. Infuriated. Oh, because clearly Betty is up to something. She is trying to undermine Alice. I love that also Betty's not. Like, there. you could have played this as Betty's like, ooh, this also will make. But she did not even consider this to make Alice upset. So she's like, what do you mean? I, tell, I, tell, me, tell me why this would undermine it. And Alice is like. Um, because she has her, a bad past. Her, her, yeah, her parents w- were murdered, and like, is it something else? And for right now, I didn't think it was something else. 
I do think it's something else as we get later in yeah. this episode. At this point, I thought Alice just didn't yeah. want to say she was upset that Ethel's she... not pretty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it goes even beyond that, though. To be fair, she could just say Ethel's not pretty. That's per- okay. she's she's a bad person. She can say no. Ethel is not pretty enough to be in the show. I am a bad human being. I judge people on conventional beauty. Like she's she a could. bad she's a bad character. But Alice does like to like couch things and like talking around stuff. Yeah, I just love the scene where she's like angry. She could say, it. but anyway, so, but it could have been that. It could have been like you know, yeah. She draw she she had a problem where she drew weird. Um, like comics. comics. She, her parents are dead, which, as we know, it's infuriating to Alice. How dared that girl have dead parents? I mean, Ethel did also murder a murderer. They don't care up. about that. <laughs> they don't care. They do not care. I mean, she does just say she has a dark past, so that could like do all those things. Um, she just ended by saying it's not a charity; it's a competition. And I'm like, it actually, it's both. <laughs> You're giving people scholarships. The, that yeah, it's those. A charity. Yeah, te- I don't care that technically it's a separate foundation than the actual competition. It's both. It's a charity <laughs> and a competition, and it's not great when charities are competitions. Maybe that's a thing you should address. So while this is going on, Fangs finds out that Midge is in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, oh, he's and he he's gonna go kidnap that kidnapped girl. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> which is great. More people should kidnap people from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. It happened once. It was I, very good. I wanted to see it more, but Tony is like, "No, Fangs, don't do that. Just become famous." <laughs> I, like, stop making that his main plan. Especially because you're not doing it. <laughs> I mean, hey, he got a show with that guy who shouldn't have actually even been famous at that time. I His storyline being a secondary, like, a even tertiary a tertiary character. So yeah, storyline being like, oh, what you'll do is become world famous. <laughs> it is, like, it is honestly a solid teenage storyline. Because it's like, well, how are we going to solve your problems? I guess we're just going to win the lottery. Well, that's the, <laughs> so what they say to him is they're like, look, yes, they know she's pregnant. She's in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. But no one knows you're the dad. And if they did, they would probably get upset for racism reasons. So you should become famous. Yes, when you're famous, it doesn't matter that you impregnated an underage girl. That's what I learned. And it's then, fine because they're the same age. And then Cheryl's like, also, my parents donate money everywhere, so I will arrange a phone call between you and Midge. Can you imagine hearing? Uh, well, I mean, I think that means she's going to walk into this as a quiet mercy and be like, I am Cheryl Blossom. Check the names of Blossom on things. Now give, give them a call. Give that girl a phone. I don't think she's going to ask her parents. Um, sorry, I just got lost in the idea of out of context hearing the line in 2023. <laughs> when you're famous, no one will care that you impregnated that teenager. Kevin, it's like true and also false, but also true. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, So... Yep. Um, Betty is going to um, check in with the other with the other girls about you know like hey, uh, what's going to go on? My mom said I have to kick Ethel out of the pageant because Ethel can't be in the pageant <laughs> because her parents are dead. I, and I she draws. I don't know. Well, no. She, well, Betty explains this is really this actually is probably best for her. She is an orphan. Getting a scholarship, it probably very good for, for her, her is the only way she is getting to any college at all um (laughs) cheryl 
brings up the best point. Cheryl's like, well, we should, okay, we should do collective action. What we should say is that if Ethel can't, is not allowed to compete, we will all pull pull out. In which case you'll have Ethel and, no, you'll have Evelyn. Which case you'll have you'll just Evelyn. have Evelyn, and no one wants Evelyn to win. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I'm like, yeah, you're right. They will not have a competition without you. You are the ones in this competition. And then Veronica is sitting there, silently. She thinks, no one's talking about me. I need to make this about me instead of a, instead of like collectively all of us. Mm-hmm. Betty, we what we should do is go threaten your dad, and I will go and threaten your dad. Because I'm a businesswoman. Never has it been so clear that how much Veronica just wants to be the center of attention. It's because so true. literally they all could have done this together, but Veronica said, no, 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 no. I'll do it. I will be the one to do it. I know how to bargain with and, unions. Uh, well, originally I didn't think, oh yeah, I'm sure she has a lot of history <laughs> breaking unions. Uh, she, yeah, she's not someone on the side of the union. She's not. <laughs> no, she she would be on the she would not be on the right side of the writers and actors strike. Oh, Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> which is funny. This would be the perfect time to do the collective action, but I don't think the strike was going on. Yeah, they didn't know. This. And they could. And here's the thing: they couldn't rewrite it if it was. There's no one there. So, yay unions! Yay strikes! Yep. So originally, I thought that Veronica um, was. Originally, I thought that Veronica was saying, no, we'll do something different and we'll just find a way to blackmail your dad. No, they're doing the exact same we will pull out plan, but somehow she just makes herself the sender of it. Here's the thing. This would have been so much better if Veronica was like, look, your mom is too stubborn. She'll just find other teenagers. We need to go around her. And then Veronica was like, let's go to the advertisers. Yeah. Like, let's... Make a play. Which, to be fair, I guess, like, that's the idea of, like, the, the, how is the stand-in for the advertisers? Because I guess somehow he is the, the money one. Well, he's the man. But I also don't think they did a very good job of showing why this also wouldn't work on Alice. uh, Alice. The only thing this did was was, make Alice mad. Yeah, was set up a fight between the two of them. It wouldn't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like all this did is make your parents fight because there's also no reason how wouldn't just be like, hey, by the way, the girls came up to me they're and said pull they're going to pull out and just have him, like, he, I I think it's he would probably agree with the fact like just let Ethel in, but She's for some not reason gonna win. he has actively decided despite having no like prompting from them to just not tell Alice the truth or maybe he did off screen but. It doesn't seem like she knows, and he just decided, oh, I got to lie to her, I guess. Yeah, so what we've alluded to is the girls go to see Hal, and he's like, nope, your mom said you would do this. And they're yeah. like, look, if you don't let Al- Ethel in, yeah. we're going to pull out, and then your advertisers will be real, real mad. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is what you were doing in, in Cheryl's plan Alice. with everyone else as well. I, You all could have all been there and would have shown as a force of solidarity, but hey— I guess maybe he'll just believe the two of you. Also, they're cutting the swimsuit section. We kind of ought to talk Which about Which doesn't really matter to us as an audience. Yeah. Because we don't see anything and, other than the opening promenade. Well, and also, they didn't make that a thing beforehand. Right now, suddenly it's like, oh, also we're cutting the swimsuit section because it's because it's like, it's gross. And like, yeah, you're right. But earlier, Veronica was excited to do the swimsuit section. And so. when Tony brought it up, I think Cheryl said, Tony, be quiet. 
Yeah. So I don't care because you didn't really make it. Uh, once again, that is a thing, just like all these future talks, that is a thing for the audience to be like, yes, the future. Now that we're more progressive now. Uh, then so Hal tells Alice. And then Alice shouts at and him. And there's weird stuff where okay. she's like, if anyone looks into her past, it'll somehow ruin our family. So did Alice, sorry, did Hal. Help the milkman kill. Right? I mean, is he, we, that we, has we, to be we, it. We've had that even with the like the fell twins and their thing as well. Yeah. Like that some, for some reason, killing her parents. Aaron, there are. Five episodes left I in know, this there, series. There's no time for this. You you are starting this way too late. Like, I know you dropped hints before. They weren't strong enough because we kept forgetting about them. Remember when you, you you told me about that interview? Which, Aaron, I, I want to believe you, but I think maybe you hallucinated okay, it. Okay, so Kevin, <laughs> I read another interview. Where so I, I, need, I need to finish off saying what I was going to say, which is the interview where Roberto said... That this wasn't going to all take place in the 1950s. Please continue. New interview. Yeah. No non-1950s episodes. <laughs> so, did you lie to me? No. <laughs> I don't think you lied I to me. I think he lied. I think he lied. No, I think he 100% lied. Maybe changes happened off, which is fine. But. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, I, I, what I was going to say is this. Even if. The final episode go is not in the 1950s, and they do suddenly shift somewhere else. That's not enough to say the entire season won't be in the 1950s. So it is good to know he did another interview where he just clear he just said something different. What's the point? What is the what point? What is the point? What, what the have point? we been building to for seven years? <laughs> what is the combination of these people's stories? You, you dropped a meteor on the town, and now we're dealing with a beauty pageant. You can't go back. You went too far, and then you try. There's a re. You're like supernatural with it when they killed Satan. <laughs> yeah, except for they kept on trying to go further for like ten more years. That's, that's why you had God, and then Super God, and then Super God Sister, and then like this. W- this would be like if in the first season they killed Satan, and in the second season one of them was really sad, like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're usually sad, but usually there's also like super God somewhere uh, around there. So, hey, um, they decide that they're going to do it. Um, then Ethel um, is apparently Ethel going to sing. them fighting, but she's going to sing a song. That's going to be your talent. So finally, the boys on this show appear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Finally, men get some attention in this show. <laughs> finally, men get attention. Finally, on it is men's show. time. Um, but they're very excited and they, oh God, the way they wrote these characters, they had to be very careful to make them excited, but not pervy. They, they, they are written, they are written with the finest tip of a pen to be like, boy, these women are attractive and fully fleshed out human beings, aren't they? I want to know all about their deep, rich inner life and their talents. We'll let Julian say that he wished that there was a swimsuits thing, but he won't be super aggressive and weird about it. The actor does a great job, and I cannot (laughs) imagine this is the script, when he says it was a swimsuit and someone says, well, you want to see your sister in a swimsuit? And he goes, "Uh," like he kind of does like a look like, Kind of. Maybe. Like, Good job, Julian's actor. Make yourself really creepy. You know how creepy the Blossoms are with like her, with other, her other brother. 
But um, no, at least they made them excited for. We do not know what Vim and Vigor is. We will never learn what Vim and Vigor is. I think I really that's, that's got to be athletics, right? That's got to be. Show- it's got to be like calisthenics. They're just like doing jumping jacks and like sit ups. <sighs> I might look it up at some point. Um, but they start with the evening gown promenade. So and Kevin sings. Yeah, that's, yep. Clay's excited because Kevin gets to be the 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 one who sings for them. That's isn't that like a. Uh, okay, so Tony River- Bennett. No, thing? he sings "Some Enchanted Evening" from South Pacific. No, no, no. I meant that role that he. Oh, plays. yeah, yeah. Like the person who sings. I think that usually thing like Tony Bennett yeah, yeah. did. did well, he, he or William Shatner in, oh, yeah. uh, in *Miss Congeniality*. But like that is that role. Um, okay, so this show must have just like bulk bought rights to <laughs> South Pacific, right? Probably. Because he sings Some Enchanted Evening, which is a song from South Pacific. Do they sing South Pacific in another episode? Yeah, I'm going to wash the man right out of my hair. Oh, right. Um, Maybe it was just the only show they could think of from that time. Because as we go through, we get the evening gown, as we yeah. said. Ethel and Evelyn, for some reason, have to go together. But then we uh, kind of flash, flash forward. We skip over most of the, um, all um, of the talents. We do find out a troubling thing, though. There yeah. are only three judges. Oh, yeah. And they're Werther's, Featherhead, and... And Clifford Blossom. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's the sponsor who is the father of one of the contestants. Yep. And two just weirdos. <laughs> like <laughs> two weird bald men. I know legally you can't not have them be there just because you're like they're weird. Like there's got to be something in there, but they're weird. We know at least one of them is definitely dealing with some Lolita stuff. Yeah, they're perverts. <laughs> Get those perverts out of here. But hey, where are you going to find someone who volunteers? It's like a catch one two thing. You can't volunteer to be the judge of the show. No. Someone has to force you into it. So you just have to trick people into forcing it's, you. I like the idea that it's like, oh, you signed up to be the judge of the Miss Teen uh, Riverdale pageant. All right. And you are not allowed to do that. <laughs> you are a pervert, sir. You are a pervert, sir. Uh, so we get the talent. Veronica apparently did some tightrope walking with an umbrella. Cool, fun. Um, Betty did the Gettysburg <laughs> address. Yeah, she did as a dramatic monologue. Uh, what? Yeah, what is that talent? Acting? Did no, she? No, no. It's oh god, what is it called? It's like a oration. Real, no, it's a real teen competitive thing that they do in the states. I think it's oration. It's not called debates. It's called oh. I'm gonna stick mm. to oration. Yeah, let's do oration. Um, I. To me, I'm like, you know what? Honestly, like memorizing a full monologue is actually could be impressive yeah. as a talent. I, it feels weird. Okay. Betty doing it feels weird because Betty does never came off as someone who's like, oh, well, what I'll do is I'll try to play to the patriotic nature of the audience. But she's intellectual. Yeah. But the Gettysburg address is like 200 words. Like it's mm-hmm. not a long address. It's it's very, very short. Maybe that's why she did it, because she was like, I cannot be bothered. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll memorize half a page, I guess. I'll talk for like a minute, and people will be like, Lincoln, you did it. Like, the entire thing with the Gettysburg Address is that it was very, very short, but very, very poignant. It's very on brand for Betty, though, to be like, whatever. I think the writers just couldn't think of anything else for her to do. Um, but Ethel is going to sing. And not only is she going to sing, she's going to perform an original song that I guess she wrote... Do you want to know the truth of that song? Yeah. Okay. I know it's not an original song. No, it's from Sideshow the Musical, which is about conjoined twins in the early part of the 20th century. And it's a duet between the conjoined twins. Um, I mean, I was just going to mention that is also, once again, a very modern song. I, I feel like you could have done just the bare minimum and 
made and pick songs that sound like they're from the 1950s. Yes. Like, no, anytime they're like, I mean, no, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, cool. We'll have Fangs and he'll he'll sing like all those hop. You know, Schoolhouse those, rock. Yeah, all those, those, those hot like 1950s um, uh, rock songs. But when these but when, girls come on, they like, nope. sing 20, 20, <laughs> two, no, this song, this song is from like. But two thousands, but like yeah, two thousand and two like, ballads from musicals. Yeah, they'll, they'll, you'll you'll pay, you'll do two thousands pop. Look, the thirty five year old woman who watches the show will recognize so, all of these songs instantly. So like, and I don't think I honestly I don't think they're trying to hide it, but it is just but it's just bad that like you you couldn't even lean into the fact that you did nineteen you chose to do nineteen fifties. But hey, apparently this touches everyone. It touches Look, the Fell Twins. It touches that racist mayor. It even touches Alice. Alice. And it especially touches Reggie, who thinks he's in love with her. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Reggie is the one who says it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, hey, this has to, you know, music has a power to uh, change people. And honestly, I do love those moments where someone's like, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to sing a song from the heart. And... <laughs> Everyone's like, my opinion, you has exa- have completely changed. Hey, I've never heard anyone sing a song and been like, my opinion of you has exactly changed. I yeah. mean, my opinion might change the fact like, oh, you're a really good singer. Yeah. But not like, you're right. I should I should accept people who. But I love. I should how, love you as you are. But I love how that is a power in television. And I will. I will all. I, I don't care if you're not normally a musical. I think every episode of every TV show ever should uh, have that moment. Look, Clay hears her sing, and he's like, "We should have, we should have written our musical about Arch, about Ethel instead of Archie." Oh man, we should have done our musical about this girl going through a very traumatic moment immediately as it was happening. That's what it was. That's what you do, Clay. Clay, just wait like t- ten years. They they are going to call it the winner, um, and the winner is. Ethel mugs and instantly everyone is confused well I mean not the audience the audience but the the judges and Hal and but Alice is like weirdly fine with it so I'm like ooh Alice did this Alice did something and Evelyn Evernether is so sad (laughs) aww (laughs) it okay I want to point this by that like Evelyn has the potential, I think, even more than Alice this season of being redeemable. Like, admittedly, yeah, she did bring the red scare. Not not the red scare. She No, no, that is the one. Yeah. Um, I was trying to make sure I was saying the right side because it's insane that they were um, scared about that. Also, McCarthyism. Yeah. Um, she brought that to Riverdale. By uh, accident. But she was also like a dumb teenager who yeah. was just like, I'm going to get back. And I didn't consider that, you know, maybe bringing in McCarthyism is a bad thing. Uh, but... I, you, the reason they had to pick her was obviously so we could think of her as Evelyn Evernever, right? Like the one who was yeah. the, who was got people into the cult. But that's not who she is. She's kind of a mean teen, but so is Cheryl. It, Cheryl is like <laughs> maybe more mean. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, we get – so we'll, we'll wrap this up. Fangs gets a quick call from Midge. It's very bad for her. We know that. Um, we learned that actually – Betty won the competition. And not only did Alice, like, the Why? way Alice did it is she didn't, like, you know, change up the thing on the card. She just read out a different name. And now no one can do anything. No one can do anything. You, we're, she, we're not going to have a moonlight moment where someone runs up and says. <laughs> and did she do it because she didn't want Betty to win? Or did she do it because she knew it would change Ethel's life? And now she did that for Ethel, 
Not Betty. No. She, Betty couldn't make it happen. <laughs> I mean, it's, yes. Much more likely, yes, is that second one. that some The song changed her in such a way that she decided. She did cry. That it was um, good for her to win. But the, <laughs> but the way that she has to, she as a psychopath um, has to address it is like, well, now you you know that I that I'm the one who did it for her, not you. <laughs> the thing is, like, I feel like Betty could just be like, "Cool." And Betty does like, essentially like, yeah. do that. She's like, "Okay, mom, okay. yeah, sure, but you did you a did good it. thing, <laughs> and that means you don't entirely suck." I think she does entirely suck. But hey, hey, even evil people can do a nice thing once. Look, I have always thought Ethel, or sorry, <laughs> Ethel. Oh my god. I have always thought that Alice entirely sucks. Yeah. 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 She does entirely suck. Her, if if she doesn't do other stuff to make herself nicer, knowing that, oh, she was in the past, she thought she'd be a stewardess in the 1930s. Um, <laughs> and then she decided to help a, a, help a girl who <laughs> parents were murdered doesn't suddenly make her a saint. It makes her nope. an average person. <laughs> <laughs> So Betty uh, ends the episode by writing all the girls back. Their names are just synonyms of their real names. Okay, so we have Monica Posh. You know, Veronica Lodge. Sandy Sapphire. You know, Tony Topaz. Coral Peas Bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was not a synonym. (laughs) But it's, like, definitely a similar theme. Yeah, because that's Cheryl, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Cheryl. Um, Bitsy Block. Yeah, that that is, is Midge. That's yeah, that's Midge Clump. Yeah. Uh, carry Carry On. Yeah, because ever, <laughs> ever Never Carry On, I yeah. guess. But then the one that's most obviously her, Ethel Cups. No, no. No, Sorry, Edith Cups. Edith Cups. <laughs> like, well, that is literally just... It's too close. I even said it wrong. <laughs> it's literally pretty much her name and a direct synonym of her name. Like, I would argue that if anybody thought Tony Topaz and the Sapphire one yeah, were the yeah. same person, I'd be like, well, no one would surely do that. But it's too obvious. <laughs> mugs the clumps. Um, no, sorry, Mugs the Cups. Oh, so Betty writes back and she's like, hey, y'all, I know you have thoughts about yourself, but don't worry. The future is brighter because girls... They're the future. <laughs> Thanks, Riverdale. Hi, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, you find yourself a CW moment. Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic just, like, really, really wanted to be pretty? So they made up, like, a really elaborate excuse for why someone else should tell them that they were pretty (laughs) yeah yeah okay so i loved the scene all of the scenes where the boys are in pop tapes watching the live (laughs) broadcast of the beauty pageant very carefully written so they don't come off as weird pervs and just being like so stereotypical like they they were sexy lamps yeah yeah um but there was one moment where veronica walks on her beautiful dress yeah and they chose someone to whistle for her. Yeah. And that someone was Jughead. <laughs> yeah. And that's 
not logical. No, I mean, unless if you're trying to be like, actually, their thing is still... Going on. <laughs> it's not. There's think, five episodes. Do you think they just pointed at all the boys and said, can any of you whistle? Cole was like, I can whistle. And they were like... You're the one who whistles then, I guess. Okay, but not for <laughs> Ethel, because you have a line to say about Ethel later. And also... Yeah, so I guess you're going to whistle for Veronica. <laughs> also, I'm just going to say this right now. Who are you doing that for, man? Who are you doing that for? Yeah. For the other boys there? So they right? all know? Right? So they know that you can, you can, you'll whistle for her? Yeah, just showing off. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell her right now for uh, the writers in there. If men ever sit around to like watch like something like that, there's no sound between no. those men. <laughs> no, they're not talking. It is, si- like is silence-absorbing of what's going on. KJ Appa's only lines in this episode are him being like, yeah, woo, girls, talents. I, I appreciate, appreciate on an episode that is so much about, like, women. They were like, we don't have to give the men anything. And I appreciate that. They're like, yeah, no, we'll focus is really heavily on the women. The men just are around. We'll remind you they exist, as an audience, because you got to have an audience for pageants, so. It's so good, though. Yeah. Honestly, not logical, but so good. Kevin, did you find CW moment? Oh, man, yeah, there are a few of them. Here's the thing. We talked a lot about the pill one, so I'm not going to pick that. Instead, I'm yeah. going to pick about when Veronica was writing. And this is, hard, this is hard to point out, but the specific fact that she's talking and she's saying things that are like, I feel like I'm going to get respected. I feel like blah, 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 blah. And then just as an addendum. And... Did you know I can't even open a checking account? I'm like, that's not something a teen in the 50s would say, because for you, that's reality. You're like, yeah, I'm not allowed to open a checking account. And admittedly, that is why sometimes change is hard, because people don't see beyond their reality. But it felt weird. It, It wasn't until I saw all the other scenes of people just saying things from the future that I realized that that is just them telling the audience, reminding them, hey. Yes. Bad things, but doing it through someone who currently owns and operates a business and is doing just fine with throwing all of her money in the safe, I guess. <laughs> like in if, a cash-based society. Like if, if I heard that from Betty or Ethel or Tony or you know what, even Cheryl, I would be fine. But Veronica has she owns her own house. She owns her own house. She owns yep. her own business. She's not the one I need to hear, did you know I can't open a checking account from? Unless if she couches that in, I have all, like Ethel does, I have all these things, but I can't even open a checking account. Or if it's her not way- being able to open a checking account caused a problem. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to affect her at all. And don't get me wrong, just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it's not a problem. I need to be very clear. It definitely, people should be able to open checking accounts. But- just having it come from her as just an addendum on the end of a sentence that doesn't affect anything else going on in this episode mm-hmm. at all. Like, you Well, could- and the thing is, like, I'm sure the people not being able to open checking accounts did cause them real problems. Oh, absolutely. Especially for, like, single women. But not for this 16-year-old girl. Also, 16-year-olds shouldn't own businesses. <laughs> yeah, you... Expect, but in this day and age, you should be able to open checking accounts. And you can actually, as 16-year-olds, yeah. you can open checking accounts. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it just, it was, that that's why. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's the, they had to get it in so they could reinforce more of the themes of this episode, which is, you know, it's tough to be a woman in the 1950s. And yes, it is. The show is right. Yeah. And they're doing it in the <laughs> wrongest way. <laughs> it feels like they tried. It's, it's such a softball. It's such a softball to be like, hey, why don't you talk about how like hard it is to be a woman in the 1950s? And they're like, 
cool. And then they just whiff it. <laughs> I feel like sometimes they, when I talk about the show, I seem like an anti-feminist. It's, it's, it's so weird. Because, like, oh my god. Because they just say that, like, things are, like, hey, did you know things are bad? I'm like, yeah. cool. I could have gotten that from a textbook. I, I, I knew that. <laughs> You're when a I TV learned, show. When I learned history in high school. I got that. Yeah. Thanks, show. Yeah. And you know, it was after, like, like you know, Oppenheimer, obviously. That, there's been a bit of discourse about that. Yeah. Oppenheimer is goes falls pretty heavily on the side of, hey, it's not great that they made the atomic bomb, but it does address it very, like, matter-of-factly, like, this is what's going on. And you could have done that, but instead, it's just weird. Anyway, Aaron, wrap this up. Uh, hey, guys. Does Riverdale stand up to Oppenheimer or Barbie. <laughs> Let us know. Barbie might have been a better one, but I, I haven't seen this so much. <laughs> people just misunderstanding Barbie. The point? Yeah. Um, I've just seen people be weird about Barbie because, you know. Because people. some people's beliefs. A show about, a movie about women? What? Wait, Barbie has always been a feminist? She would never have a husband, only a boyfriend? <laughs> She has jobs. Barbie's always had jobs. That's Tell why, us about that's how they sold so many Barbies. Tell us about Barbie's jobs. We're over at Podcast Moa, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And again, last man standing, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. Uh, and uh, if you want to, you can catch my books. They're available at KevinWeirdBooks.com. And I'm over at FlimsyPlan.com. And we'll see you next week. What is Ethel's secret? Will Midge and Fangs be reunited? What other fact from the future will these teens know? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 